Last week we talked about connecting and we looked at just the simple aspect. We just talked, we had some shoes and it was what, what are, what are you wearing? What, what are the shoes of the good news that God has for you in the community and in your family and everything else? And that was our first pillar, which is just connecting with the community. The second that we're going to be talking about today is growing, growing in faith together. You know, I was, I was thinking about it earlier and it, you know, one of the most interesting I love sociology. I love when they do research. I don't know if any of you are out there that are, are geeks like me, but I love research. And I love to see why people do what people do and just different things like that. And one of the biggest things, they, they were studying how cultures change. What's the biggest factor that gets a small group or a minority group to change the majority? What's the number one thing that they do? Is, is, it, is, it, their, is it their logic? No. Is it even their message? No. So how is it? How is it that this little tiny group of people can change the world? It says because they have the same point and they never give up. And they keep hitting it and they keep hitting it and they keep hitting it. They keep saying it. They keep saying it. They keep saying it. And pretty soon, the majority's changed. All because this little group of people said this is not right. Or this is what we should do. And to some extent, isn't that what the church is? Because this, tell me if I'm wrong here. We got 70 something thousand people in this town alone, right? And we've got a little church right here. And let's put all the churches together. There's still a small amount of people compared to the communities around us. But the more we focus on the cross of Christ and we simplify it and we just preach His love. His grace, His mercy, and we keep at it. God is going to do something big in the majority community around us. Amen? And we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up on loving on people. I've had people yell at me and scream at me. and You know what? I'm not giving up. They put our Savior up on a cross. He didn't give up. He forgave him while he was up there. And we're going to keep doing that as a church. And that's why I'm excited about this. Because this week, as we look, I I, I really want to emphasize this in the take-home truth. When we are present with God's people, He supplies His power to grow our faith together. Let's go ahead and stand as we read God's Word. This is out of the book of Acts, chapter 2. It's one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is the first church, the first Christian church. And it says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, the community, the whole community. That's, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. All right, let's be seated. Now, what's going on here? Again, if you want to just, I'm going to keep referencing that take-home truth because I want, to, I want it to be as simple as possible. I don't know if you've noticed, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make my messages just a little bit shorter because my attention span is not very long. And if mine's not long, then yours is probably not long too. You probably get a little more minutes than I do. But, but, um, but I just want to make it as simple as possible because God's Word was not meant 
to be something that we, 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 that we can't grasp. God wants to be available to all people. And, and what we have here is just a simple aspect that I want to point you to. And that, the first part is if we are to truly grow in our faith, if we're to truly grow, we need to be present. We need to be present. Now, again, if we look at this, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. See, that word for devotion is an interesting word. It's, it's, it's proskotapeo. Proskotapeo. And, and the, the, this word is one of those interesting words because what it literally means is something simple. It's to, to be steadfastly attentive, to give unremitting care. It's a continual thing. It's like people who have Harley Davidsons, right? They have to be prescapateo to their Harley Davidson. I had a buddy who had one. He said, a Harley Davidson is kind of like a girlfriend. You have, to, you have to call them and work with them all the time if you want to continue to have that girlfriend, right? It's a, it's a relationship. You have to be devoted to it because if you're not devoted to it, they're going to they're gonna walk away. And, and that was the way with Harley Davidson. It'd break down on you. You have to be working at it. You have to be working at it. And that's the idea of what this word is. It's, it's all about being present every day. It's not just something where you go, you know what? I'm a Christian on Sunday. You know what? I love Jesus sometimes. I've used this analogy before. It's like standing with your, your bride-to-be or your husband-to-be, and, and you're at that altar, and, and the pastor says, do you give 83% of your time to your future wife? Oh, do you give 89%? That's a good one, right? No, it's, do you give your all? Do you give your devotion? Your unremitting time? Who comes first? And this is challenged every day, isn't it? Honey, I got to stay late to work. Well, the kids, I got to do this. And See, it gets to a point where it's challenged all the time. Are you going to put that person first? Or are you not? Are you going to be present every day. And that's what the believers show us in this passage. We happened to go to a Super Bowl party this last Sunday. Anybody do Super Bowl kind of thing? Yeah. I'm not a huge, I love football, but we don't have TV. Um, so we don't, we don't get the cable and all that. So there's a lot of things that we miss. And so we have to go somewhere to see a football game, which, you know, don't pity me. Don't pity me. It's hard. I know. But, uh, but we had a great time. And the funny thing is the TV's on and there's all these people and nobody's watching the game. I think we watch the commercials more than the game. And these were diehard people, okay? I mean, I'm not saying they were... Uh, uh, the days came in their jerseys. I mean, they had... Of course, they were Green Bay jerseys, right? And, and, and the funny thing is they said... See, my two favorite teams used to be the 49ers and anybody playing against the Raiders, okay? That, those used to be my... That was my favorite teams back in the day, okay? Um, <laughs> some of you got that. And, and so, but, but the Packers were really... That, that was, that's Kim's team, and then so that makes it Jason's team, and they really love the Packers. And the Packers, if you guys know, were knocked out of it by the Seahawks. So they came saying, we hate the Seahawks. And all, we don't really care about the Patriots... But we're going to say go Pats because we don't want the Seahawks to win because they knocked out our favorite team. And there came a point. Now, we were, again, we were hanging out. We were eating a lot of bad food, and it was great. And, uh, but at that last part, if you guys know the game, two minutes before, before the end of the game, the, 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 the Seahawks were sort of celebrating. They had the ball on the one-yard line. And, man, what happened? They passed. Interception. I don't think anybody 
has been more presca potato than the days at that moment. <laughs> they, I mean, they were present, baby. I mean, they were like, what's going on? And Kim screaming, yeah, you know, because the hated team was losing. You know, <laughs> they, they, were, they were there. And some of you know what I'm talking about. This is that idea, that devotion. This is the idea of devotion. And, and, and sometimes we miss this. See, the first church got it. Life was tough. Life was hard. Most of them were slaves, people. I mean, some of you are like me. Maybe you've got a little bit of debt. You're a slave to the, to the debt. Or you're, you're a slave to your mortgage. You're a slave. But we're talking real slavery. They, they, they didn't have shoes. They barely got fed. They, they lived in a very repressive government at the time. Life was not easy. But they were miles ahead of most Christians today because they were present with each other. Do you get it? They were devoted to what? To each other. All together. See, what I'd like to point out again is if we are to grow, we need to, we need to be with God's people. This is John 17. Jesus says, love each other. Because when you love each other, and you, by the way, you, you can't, a lot of Christians love to do the love each other through long distance relationships. You know what I'm saying? Every now and then we call each other and everything. Have you ever really met a long distance relationship that worked? <laughs> it doesn't. There's got to be that community together, that closeness, that proximity. And so when God's people get together, we see the love for each other, there's growth. See, trying to grow in faith alone is like, it's like taking a plant from outside, putting it in a pot, and putting it in a dark room. You're, you're not really going to grow. In fact, that thing's going to start to wilt, and it's going to start to die. It needs the sun's rays. It needs the sun. And the crazy thing is, if you look at Matthew 18, Jesus is talking in Matthew 18. It's one of my favorite passages. He, he's talking about all these different things. How we, how we basically live in community. How can we be a people together? And it's got some famous things in there in Matthew 18. Like, hey, hey, Jesus, how many times do I forgive my brother who's hurt me? What do I do? You know, really practical. Like, man, you get people together and there's going to be conflict. Amen? Right? But, uh, but here he is. He's talking to him, And he says something so random in the middle of it. It's wild. He says this. He says, you know what? If two or three of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. It's like he's saying, you know what? Hey, you got me and we're good. But when you really get together with God's people, then you're going to see growth. See, I don't think there's anyone here today that say, you know what? I'm good. God, I've got everything I need. I'm perfect. Everything's great. Everything's fine. Everything's dandy. I don't need you. No. Every single one of us has something in our life, whether it be health issues, relational issues, work issues, just something. And God says, you need to deal with that. And let me tell you how you deal with that. With my people. See, he goes on to say, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among you. The problem is, we get a situation and what do we do? We isolate ourselves. We, we kind of go to that dark closet where that plant can't grow. And some of you are like, oh, no, 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 that's why I got my spouse. Let me blow, you, blow that away, okay? I'm going to do that really quick. The Bible says when the two will become one flesh. It's not, it doesn't work anymore. 
See, the God's people. We try to go to the one, we need to go to the two. And if you're a couple that struggles, you need to go to another couple. See, this is the whole point that we see in Acts chapter 2. It's all about God's people. See, the truth is many of us miss Jesus because we, we are one within our struggles and not striving together as two or three. And we miss it. Jesus always shows up when his people step up. Let me say that. Jesus always shows up when his people step up. This is a promise of our Heavenly Father. This is a promise of the maker of heaven and earth. You get together, I'll be there. Now, this isn't get together and gripe or get together and just have pasta. No, this is a get together in the name of Jesus. And he'll be there. That's powerful, people. How many times have I talked with people and they go, I just don't feel God anymore. And the temptation is, okay, have you read your Bible today? Have you prayed today? Have you gone off and done everything you need to do all by yourself, all by your lonesome? No. What we need to say is, let me read my Bible with you. Let me pray with you. Let's walk together. Because there's no plan B. God gives us the hope of glory. And it's you and me together which are going to see that growth, not you alone. There are no Lone Ranger Christians. But we've allowed the culture, haven't we, to dictate what we do. We've allowed our culture of independence to be, I don't need you. I, I don't, I don't, I, I can do this on my own. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm great. No, you're not. See, we need God to show up, don't we? And we're missing him. That was the danger of the Pharisees, wasn't it? They missed Jesus. He's standing right in front of them. They're like, no, we got this. I'm good. I'm good. And they missed the Son of God. Don't miss Jesus. This is what we mean by growing in faith together. See, the truth is, when we are present with God's people... He supplies his power to grow our faith together. And if you look at verses 43 through 47, you talk about power, baby. I mean, a deep sense of awe came over them. That word awful is full of awe. I mean, it's just this idea of like this dense smoke. Like when you walk in front of the Grand Canyon for the first time and you look down, you're like, oh, that's why it's such a big deal. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And you can't even say anything. God's people were getting to a place where they were together. They saw the power of God and they were dumbfounded. The the apostles even performed miraculous signs, it says, and wonders. You talk about a system when it says nobody was in need. You know what the amazing part of the Greek, what that means? Nobody was in need. Nobody needed anything. There was no poverty. There was no loneliness. You talk about a slice of heaven on earth. It's like Jesus knew what he was doing when he died on the cross and said, you will be my disciples to all the ends of the earth. They will see what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like because of you, plural, not you singularly. And together, you will make this difference. And you will be my light. Recently, we had some problems in our house. Um, we have this great guy, his name's Dick Ashley, and uh, Dick and Becky are contractors, you know, they, they do a lot of stuff. If you see the woodwork around here, just give him a good pat on the back. I mean, he made everything. They're great. They did some great work around here, and, and I'll tell you right now, our house is an older house, that's why we got such a good deal on it, and all of a sudden, the lights are like flickering. 
like like they're possessed. You know what I'm saying? Like you're standing there and it's like, you know, you're like, what's going on? I'm in the freezer. I'm opening the freezer and you know, there's a light on the freezer because you got to be able to see past all those frozen green beans and everything. And I'm looking in there and all of a sudden the light's like, and it just cuts out. And I'm like, what the, you know, what's going on? Two minutes later, comes right back on. I'm like, something is not right with the power in my house. So I called him up, actually, and he said something right wise, bring out Southern California Edison, see if it's their fault first. And they, they came and said, no, there's nothing right. And I noticed, actually, in my, in my panel, I opened it up, and I'm like looking at it, and I hear, <laughs> and that's not a good thing. See, we love power, but we don't want to see power's power in front of us, where it's like, <laughs> and arcing, and crazy little like, and it's like, you know, half smoking, and you're like, that's not good. So D- Dick came out, and he's like, oh yeah, you got a bad thing here, and he talked all the mumbo-jumbo that just went in one ear and out the other, because I don't know that stuff, and he ended up fixing it. But I'll tell you, it's first world problems, people. Because we had to live a whole night without power. Oh my goodness. You know, when you're a kid, it's fun, right? The candles and everything. Oh, yay! When you're an adult, you're like, I got $300 worth of food in that fridge. And then you're trying to cook something on the stove. It's dark out. You can't see a thing. And candles don't work. Right? That's why we put a hundred of them in one little bulb. It did not work. And my wife and I are like, this isn't going to work. Now, let's take this a step further. Let's say... Let's say you have a normal house right now with normal power and a normal light. And it gets dark. And you're trying, and you're like, oh yeah, I gotta cook dinner for the kids and everything else. And you go in, and the light just sits there and you never turn it on, and you're cooking in the dark and you're burning yourself. Maybe you, it catches fire. Oh man, I didn't even see that. You accidentally put in, you know, way too much salt because you try, you thought it was sugar. Whatever, you know, you can't see it. And, and, you know, someone comes by and says, why don't you turn on the light? Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. No, no, it's really easy. Let me show you what to do. You just turn it on. <gasps> wow. Thanks, but no thanks. What if you're having a great conversation with your kids? You're playing a, a, a settler's Catan game or Monopoly and, and nobody's killing each other. It's a miracle. And you're playing and you're having a great time, right? And it gets dark. Oh, well, we better go to bed. No, just turn on the light. No, no, we can't do that. What if you're in the middle of a, a really important job and it gets dark? Because it always gets dark. We just got to stop. Oh, you got power, man. Just turn on the light. I mean, think of what would happen in surgeries. Well, we got to do this. It's dark. Just sew him up. But he's going to die. Oh, well. Turn on the light! I think you know where I'm going with this. Electricity has changed our world. It's changed our world. And if we try to go backwards, you're going to be crazy. I mean, the, the truth is, Jesus gave us the light of the world. And he said, you want my power? Then be present with my people. And how many of us our relationships are suffering. How many of us, our jobs are in shambles? How many of us, our finances? How many of us, I mean, you, you just go through stuff. And sometimes I know you, you, you hear what I'm saying, and man, Chris is probably talking, I'm just trying to hit the whole gambit, because believe me, there are many of us that have little things, and some of us that have big things, but everything is a thing. 
And it's a struggle. And it's darkness. And we go into that room and we go by ourselves and we say, we can handle this, we can take care of this, we can take care of this, we can take care of this, and we're running into the wall and we don't have it and we're not plugging into the power that God has given us by two or more are together. We need that power. God has a whole world that He wants us to see and we miss it every time when we isolate ourselves. If we aren't present with God's people, we will never have the power to grow or go as we were created to do. I want to show you a, a video because I think it's easy to talk about and it's a whole other thing to look at. But here's two people in our church I love dearly. And just like you and me, there's darkness all around. But they got together and they saw God's power. Let's check it out. How has Grow Group impacted your life? Impacted our lives. I want to say our lives because it has impacted our lives. It has helped us in our marriage a great deal. We, 35 years this month, February 17th, we 35 February years. February 17th. And it hasn't been easy. Year in a marriage anniversary. Yes. Yeah, so we... Um, We've had major problems in our marriage, but grow groups have helped us tremendously, tremendously. Well, I know for me, grow groups helped tremendously because there was a time when I thought the problem was my wife. And, um, and I, I think it's pretty yeah. typical when it comes to men. We think it's the wife and the kids and not us. We, have, we think that we're okay and they're not. We have a tendency of thinking like this. Uh, however, uh, grow groups really impacted my life uh, from sitting around a bunch of men and talking about things that take place in the home. And what I've come to find out is that our house, the way our households are ran, are really close. So there was a lot of good advice based on scripture that came out of that grow group that. Um, brought me to a place to where I could better deal with my wife in our marriage. But it, I think it worked both ways. We were in the grow group and, and it was teaching us both as yes. a husband and wife yes. how to relate to each other. And it's not, it wasn't always about us all the time. We had to take a lot of stuff to God. But just being a part of the grow groups, being able to express these things and share these things yeah. made it a lot easier because we found out that there was other people in the grow group that was going through similar situations. Yeah. Because with my husband in grow groups, he would just tell our business. It's like, and that really, that really just like, why are you telling everybody our business? So that just like, it's like, no, that's a no. But God said, that's okay. It's okay. But I struggled with that. But it helped us. It really helped us. It, w it was open. We were open in the grow groups. It wasn't uh, uh, judgmental. Nobody was pointing a finger like, oh, you guys are, uh, well, 20 years at the time. We were like 20 years in our yeah. marriage. Yes, we and were. it was like, you guys are still going through the baby stuff. You know, it's like, it wasn't anything like that. Grow groups is a place that becomes very intimate. It's very intimate. And in grow groups, nothing should ever travel outside of the grow group. So whatever is being talked about, especially if it's personal things, 
that information should never leave outside of the grow room. Right, it, and it and, never did. Yeah, so it, it becomes very intimate. It was a real, yeah, it, it was, was an intimate place. I could walk in there with tons of weight on my shoulders and just re just release all of it, put it on the table, and then get some get the appropriate information from godly men. So when I went back home, I did I wasn't carrying that weight. I was able to deal with my wife better than I was before I left to, to go to the group. In our grow group, uh, the power of God it was really amazing. We started off with about 10 men and we started dealing with uh, situations in the home that occurred and stuff like that. That thing became so strong, we jumped from 10 men to 16 men to 21 men. And uh, so we loved it. Here is a room of guys because we're talking, uh, we're talking about God's principles in a relationship to where we loved it, and I mean, we we just seen marriages turn around. But um, so God has really, really uh, has showed up and showed out in our lives. I mean, I just cannot express how good God is. I that's why I just praise Him when I can praise Him and worship Him because I tell you, it's amazing. It's amazing. But and I want to give a shout out to even Teresa and Carlos going through their grow groups. Yes. I mean, we learned a lot. Yes. Even as a young couple that they were, at the time, they were a young couple. But there were some things that they helped us in. Just the, just the power of God moving in that alone is just like, it was, it was amazing. But we've learned through grow groups that divorce is not an option. Not an option. Not an option. Not even considered. Not even considered because we got to pull this out together. You know, yes. God, God is... With the head, he's the center. I'm stuck. And yeah, you are. I love the grow groups. I love the people in our grow groups. I am looking forward to that intimacy in our grow group taking place. Um, I think it's a, it's a it's grow groups is the right place to be. Definitely. It is the right place to be. Definitely. If there yeah. are situations that you are experiencing, if you need somebody to talk to, those relationships develop. All of a sudden you have a brother, you have a sister who you can call up, who understands, but at the same time is able to give you some godly advice about what it is you're going through. So Grow Groups is priceless. If I had to use a word, priceless. I, for Grow Groups here with Pastor Jason and Kim, the Grow Groups so far, I, I think it's I think it's tremendous because I would not know them the way I know them if I didn't have the grow group and I think that's important because now I come to church and I can say you know really embrace the people in the grow group not saying that I couldn't before but it's like it's a more it's a more um, like a better understanding and getting uh, looking at the person and say hey you know we we had grow group and you know, and just it was a fun time. So, um, so now it's it's just it's just amazing. It's just amazing, and it's awesome, and it's good because I love that. I love coming to church on Sunday, knowing that we just had grow groups on. I think yes. we had it on Wednesdays. Well, there there is a great thing about the grow group because we had for the first time grow gathering, 
which is awesome because that opens up the door for you to become aware of everybody else in grow groups. Right, right. That fellowship out of your grow group will transfer all over to every other grow group mm -hmm. if we continue to do grow gatherings. So oh, grow yes. gatherings that was awesome. is a great asset. Yeah, that was great awesome. Asset. The grow gatherings. Yes. And we were after uh, afterwards we were we were saying I'm gonna say that this next next week I'm gonna be at this table and right. I want to get to know yes. this group of people. Yes, you can do and, that. Uh, so uh, so I, I that is amazing. The yeah. grow gathering I think that was an awesome idea because see you don't I not only come to church on Sunday because you don't spend that much time in church on Sunday to get to know you know the people that you really want it's, to know. Hi, how you doing? So praise worship, so get fed, and then. Yeah, now with Back the grow gathering, you can really be able to get the feel of people and 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 talk and, yes. and just be open, yes. you know. And then also in the word, we're in the word. It's not it's not about us. It's about getting in God's word and, and finding out what God wants us to do as a ministry, as a grow group. So yes. it's just it's just awesome to me. Awesome. Awesome. I love to see that. I love to see that. Yeah, some some gorgeous people saying some great things. That's all I'm saying, man. Dex and Shermaine, love you guys. Um, let me give you four things real, real quickly. How we can be present with God's people and really feel His power. Because that's the coolest thing. You know, as Shermaine was saying, no, don't tell them our business. You know, I love that. Don't, I'm aware, you know, you, there's, that, there's that, I'm afraid. I'm a, because... It, we live life in the dark for so long and Jesus comes along and says, man, look what I've got for you. And it's tough, but when we step out and we, we stand together, God shows up. First thing I want to show you is in seeking God's truth. Seeking God's truth. See, all the believers devoted themselves what? To the apostles' teaching. We need to remember that 99% of these people were illiterate. 99% of them couldn't read. They, they didn't know. Heck, a ton of them spoke different languages. So you had language issues. You had all these different things going on. And so they had to stand together. They didn't have the luxury of being by themselves with it. There was no Bibles. One person had a scroll of the Old Testament at the most. Or they had to give it through memory. Even to this day, synagogues buy a scroll of the Torah. And that's $100,000. Because it has to be handwritten. And I'll tell you, it, it wasn't something they just all broke up in their tiny little and they had a Bible and they would do... No, they had to... They would give the word. And then someone would say, did you hear what he said? No, what did he say? What does it mean? And they would talk about it. They would dialogue about it. They would commune with it. They would actively seek God's truth together. Are you seeking God's truth in the power of His Spirit? with His people. Secondly, in sharing the Lord's Supper. See, all, all the believers devoted themselves to sharing in meals, even including the Lord's Supper, a communion. See, true communion back in that day, I mean, when the first church was started, communion was, was, they would sit around and they would eat a big old meal. And everybody would bring something. It was potluck. Yes, potluck is biblical. <laughs> it is. They would bring food. And each one would bring what they had. And those that didn't have much got to eat. And those that had a lot got to give. And, and, and they would get together and then they would eat and they would share. And this is that idea of, man, I love church. 
Don't get me wrong. I love church. I love Sunday morning. But many churches get it in their mind that it's Sunday and that's game time and that's the, that's the time. No. To me, the best time is not just connecting on Sunday, but then we get together, we get out of the foyer and we get into the living room. And in fact, we can get to a place where we sit at the kitchen table and we share a meal and we really talk about, oh, oh, that's what I need. That's what we can do. Standing together always leads to sharing with one another. Who are you sharing the Lord's Supper with? I guarantee you're going to have His power when you do. Third thing, in saying prayers for each other. All the believers devoted themselves to prayer. See, sharing together always leads to praying together. Because let me share, this week was hard. I'm sharing. Let me pray for you. Oh, I got to praise. This is what's going on. Let me pray for you. See, that's... I, I, I want to give a little story real quick. Kim and I were a young married couple at our old, old church that we went to and we went with this group of people and there was about 15 of us, 15, about eight couples, seven, seven eight couples. And, um, and man, there were some of us that were young married and some of us that were older married and there was this one guy that they found out he had terminally ill cancer. And they said, you know what? You're going to die. And you might have two months to live. You might. Do you want to be in the dark without God's light all by yourself when that happens? Because I guarantee you, every single one of us is going to get hit with something to that degree. And I remember we were there and we said, how can we pray for you? And we prayed and we prayed. Uh, Can I just say a miracle happened? As far as I know, it's been about 20 years later, he's still alive. The doctors came and they said, I remember months and months later, they said, it, it's like frozen. We, we don't understand it. And when the doctors go, uh, uh, you know, we pay you to, know, to not go, uh, we pay you to, you know what I mean? And when you see a doctor who's dumbfounded, you go, ah, that must be the miracle. You see, that's God. See, God wants us to get together and pray for each other. If you're not in a position where you can receive prayer from God's people, I can safely say that you will never experience His power. And the flip side of that is true as well. If you're not getting to a place where you're present with God's people and you're praying for them, you're missing out on the power that Christ has for you. We're having grow grow groups, the gathering... Just because you might have missed the first one doesn't mean you can't make it to the second one. But I guarantee you, you show up with God's people and you're going to see His power. You're going to see His power. Where do you need God's power right now? Where are you in the dark? Where do you need Him to show up? It says in the, in the book of Psalms that your word is like a lamp unto my feet. By the way, who's the word? Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, two of you more gathered. I'm the word. I'll be there lighting your feet. We need that. We want to be a church that sees miracles. We want to be a church that shares with those in need. We want to be a church that sees the lost in this community found by Jesus. Don't miss out on the power that God has for you when two or more are gathered. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the fact that we can be a church that moves in your way. We have the opportunity every day, Lord, 
to try to do it on our own and be in the dark and do those things. And can I just say, I am guilty of that. I don't always rely on the people that you've brought into my life. And I, because of that, I'm not present. I don't have the power that you so readily want to give through the power of the Holy Spirit to speak into my family, to speak into my church, to speak into my community. And God, that is what you want every single one of us to be connected to. I love the story of Dexter and Shemaine as they've been talking about it. And I just love hearing more from them because as they said, we, we were struggling. And we allow God's light to be shown on our business. And God showed up and did awesome stuff. Lord, we want to lift the Blight family to you. We know that they're, that Paul's father, Edward Blight, a, a brother of this church for many, many years, has just passed on and graduated to the heavenlies. He is now in glory with you. And we're thankful that he is in the company of the saints, as it talks about in Hebrews. We go from one community to another, Lord. We are not meant to be alone. And so, Lord, I pray today that they would have that comfort and we would be able to put our arms around them, but also comfort each other. As the broken things of this world, the hard things of this world, try to intrude upon us every day, Lord, may we be lifting you up together as we stand together and share together and pray together. You are good. Lord, help us. Help us to commit these things to you. And Lord, as we bring those ushers on forward, Lord, we just, it's a one area of our life as a family that we can get together and we can share what you have given. Lord, I love your word that says the widow stepped forward and gave one little penny, but that's, that's all she had. And you looked more to her because it wasn't about how much. It was her attitude. It was who she was. And she had a giving, cheerful, thankful heart. Lord, may we just be your family that gives. Because you've called us to give. And may we share. And may this community feel the growth of your son Jesus in us, among us, and through us. Jesus' name.